options. It's gonna be a meat grinder, Lives. It would help if you eased their minds. What, you mean coax them into following another one of Krell's suicide missions? We lost a lot of men last time. Krell may do things differently, but he is effective in getting them done. He's a recognized war hero. He may have had some victories, but have you seen his casualty numbers? More troopers have been killed under his command than anyone else. That's the price of war, Fives. We're soldiers. We have a duty to follow orders, and if we must, lay down our lives for victory. You believe that? Or is that what you were engineered to think? I honor my code. That's what I believe. It's time for Send in the Clones! Join your hosts, Buto and Robbie, on an epic journey through a galaxy far, far away as they follow the escapades of Anakin Skywalker and the Jedi Knights with the clone army of the Republic in their struggle against Count Dooku and the droid army of the evil Separatists. So step in and prepare for adventure because it's time to send in the clones! In this episode... Jedi Master Krell orders Rex's 501st into yet more brutal engagements with the Umbaran forces. But Fives and Hardcase have other ideas, and with the support of Rex, the rogue troopers steal Umbaran fighters to save the day. Hey, troops, it's your old buddy Bucho. On my first ever watch of the Clone Wars, and next to me in the dropship on his third ever watch of the Clone Wars, is the Rex to my Fives. It's your trusty pal, Robbie. How's it going, everyone? And we are going to talk about the 74th episode in the StarWars.com Clone Wars chronology. It's written by Matt McNavitz and it's directed by Walter Murch himself, Robbie. And it's Season 4, Episode 8, The General. So Robbie, let's roll out with you letting us know what you remembered about The General before you rewatched it again this week. Yeah, this one is, to me, this is the ground battle. You know, this is the one that I just, I really remember just being kind of blown away by how just violent but like beautifully violent i don't know how to (laughs) i don't know how to explain it but it's just the there's so many elements that remind you of war films this one in particular it's just the way things are shot and the way things are presented you're down in the in the muck you know with the soldiers and uh as soon as it started i was like oh yeah this is the one and then i didn't realize that walter merch directed it until after the episode was over and i was kind of looking into things and I was like, oh, well, that really explains it. I mean, if you look at some of the... I mean, he edited Apocalypse Now, right? He he worked on some amazing movies. So, I mean, this guy's got some talent. So it's really interesting to kind of look at it through that lens and then go, yeah, well, that makes sense. This shot makes sense. So, yeah, I remembered really, really liking this episode. But for that, I guess, like I said, beautiful violence. Did you remember that in addition to the beautiful violence, there is this comedic... I mean, how else to describe it? It's like comedic fighter pilot scene with Hardcase and Fives. The whole movie switches tone completely from hardcore, high stakes, grind on the ground to, I mean, what my notes say here, it's like you're watching Platoon or Saving Private Ryan, and then all of a sudden, the greatest American hero turns up. Yeah, it's such a weird tone shift, but completely fits, and you almost feel their joy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Especially Hardcase, right? He's so funny in this episode and so fun. Yeah, I loved the way that it played out. And I did not remember that. That was the one thing that I didn't remember is the way that this is how they kind of, this is their first shot at flying these Umbaran fighters. And yeah, I didn't remember that that's how it turned out at the end. So yeah, I was really pleasantly surprised and 
I guess, pleasantly reminded that, yeah, there's a little joy to be had at the end of this episode. Yeah, Hardcase was my MVP from this episode. He says at one point to Fives that his commander on Camino told him that his growth chamber had a leak, which made <laughs> yeah. him hyperactive or something. Yeah. And he's so... I mean, we talked in the last episode about how much joy he took in, you know, laying down the lead with his massive gun. And in this episode, it's just ramped up even more. And yeah, like he was my MVP of the episode. And of course, the other MVP of the episode is our main man of fives, who we've known and loved for quite a while now. And as the men discuss Corral's reckless plan, Rex points out that several of Anakin's plans seemed reckless too. And that's when fives points out that the key difference between Krell and Anakin is that Anakin leads from the front. Yeah, I mean, it's one of the things that you kind of learn about Rex is that he really is faithful to that soldier's code. Yeah. And to a fault, really. Sure. It's weird. It's like you love Fives for being the guy to speak up, but you love Rex for being so loyal to that code. And I don't know. It's just uh, at this point, I think in the in the series, you know, you love the clones, you know, and you don't want to see them get hurt. I mean, this just strengthens that desire to try to see them get through all this. You know, you don't want to see them go out because these are, they're good guys, you know? I just have such a love for the series as a whole for bringing that to light because it's not something that we, we ever saw before. So, yeah, I mean, this just is just a, one of those reminders. Yeah, and as much as I might say that Hardcase is the MVP and Fives is great too, really, Rex is the main man in this episode. He has to tell kicks at one point to leave their wounded brothers for the banshees that's not fun having to you know having to tell your medic that and rex throughout the whole episode he's between this rock and this hard place because his job is to protect his troops but his job is also to serve his commander and so i mean i just said he's between a rock and a hard place and that makes rex's journey in this episode one of the most fascinating journeys in the whole show so far and he's kind of in a survival mode at this point he knows in his heart that fives is right but he can't say it out loud maybe not even to himself yet he's just trying to get through to the other side of this mission and hope that he can keep as many of his troops alive until general skywalker resumes command of the 501st right did it feel like that to you like rex had gone into kind of a survival mode i mean he even says it at one point we're just trying to survive this and I'm not sure if that was in the previous episode or not, but it seems like it was in this episode. But what I love about it is that through it all, he's he's following orders, but he's doing it in a way that's kind of been in the rules a little bit, you know? Yeah. And he's... Which is very Anakin. Yeah. And it's just, I love the way that he, he seems to find, he always finds a way. And it's one of those things where you just, man, you just pull for the guy and you want to see him get through this. And I mean, there's been a lot of things said about, about Rex, but I think more than any other arc in the Clone Wars, I think this is the one that makes you really just fall in love with Rex and his character and not want to see him come to any harm. You want this guy to make it. Yeah, for sure. And of course, the thing that is threatening that ability to make it is, as Fives points out, Krell's casualty rate is higher than for any other general. And even then, Rex continues to push this line that theirs is to do or die. And that's what soldiers do. So this clear difference of opinion has developed between Rex and Fives when it comes to Krell. But the story also does a fairly decent job of making Krell, again, not look totally unreasonable by letting us know or letting him tell us, I guess, as the audience, 
that Corral is somewhat under-resourced, like when Rex asks for reinforcements against those spider tanks, Corral says he doesn't have the men to spare because the rest of the troops are guarding the entrance to the gorge to keep the enemy off the backs of Rex's platoon. So while we're already anti-Corral and pro-Rex, of course, the story doesn't just paint Corral as someone who is all bad. It paints Corral as someone who has pressure on himself as well and who seems to be making decisions from a rational point of view, at least. I would say somewhat rational. I mean, there's it's the way that he talks to the other clones, though. Pushes them out of the way. and oh, He's definitely a nerf herder. Yeah, yeah, the way he gets in. But it gives him a justification. Right, right. So it's it's kind of like what I said in the previous episode, is that Krell is one of those it's my way or the highway kind of people. Yeah. And those people exist in the world. There's plenty of them. I mean, I've, <laughs> I've worked for some of them where you kind of go, well, that really doesn't make sense. And they go, well, I don't care if it makes sense. That's the way we're doing it. One of the things that I loved about the way that Rex talks to him in the episode, it's exactly how, <laughs> how I battle those people. You know, when, when I've had to work with them is you kind of have to come back at them a little bit for them to respect you and to respect your opinion. And that's what I like about the way that they did this episode in particular, is that there's always that hope that Rex is going to come through and he's going to get through to Krell and make him realize that the men are just as important as the mission. Sure, I guess the point I was trying to make though was that when Rex asks for the reinforcements, Krell says he doesn't have anyone. There are no other men. He doesn't have spare men because the rest of the troops are keeping the enemy off the backs of Rex's platoon. So if he takes them away, they're just going to get overwhelmed from both sides. So I think the point I'm trying to make is that I like the way that the story doesn't simply make Krell all bad and doesn't make him like that. I keep going back to Chim and Chicho, how he seemed completely irrational and completely unreasonable. Krell in both this episode and the previous episode you know, it makes him out that he's not a nice guy, that he is, you know, a, a nerf herder or whatever, but that he has some rational justification. No, and I agree with you. I agree with you. But there's always, like I said, there's always that hope, though, that Rex will get through to him and make make it where Krell is a little more on the side of the clones. Yeah, for sure. You know, there's always that hope. That's the arc we want for Krell, right? We want Krell's arc to be that he realizes at some point that clones are people too, basically, right? Right, and that's the... During this this episode, you still have that hope because you're like, man, they really they really do some, uh, like I said, the outside the box thinking on the way that they're being attacked. I mean, these weird worm tank things that come out of the ground. I mean, it's just like, yeah, man, those caterpillar tanks, they're terrifying, right? Yeah, that was holy moly. It's weird how like the way that they've designed some of these embarn, I don't know, attack tanks, whatever you want to call them, these vehicles. They are really, really interesting in the way that they're designed. Yeah. Even the noise they make, they sound kind of animalistic and, and terrifying. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, those things have got a turret on every segment of the of the tank, don't they? I mean, they're like a segmented, you know, like an an, like a segmented animal, like a worm or a caterpillar, and every single segment has a rotating turret on top. They're just freaky looking things, and I really enjoyed, or maybe enjoyed's not the right word because it was quite brutal, but one of the caterpillars still shows signs of life at one point after they take it out, and so Rex has a rocket put down its gullet, which does the trick, and then we see an Umbaran stumble out of the I mean, what do you call the tank's cabin when it's not a turret? Like, just a cabin or a cockpit? I don't know. But this Umbaran caterpillar tank guy stumbles out and he falls to the ground and Rex puts two laser bolts on him for good measure. And something that 
I kept coming back to, and especially in that moment, for how human the Umbaran looked again was that this guy's just trying to defend his own world, right? The Umbarans are being invaded here. Did that keep cropping up for you as well about sort of wondering, uh, are these really the bad guys? And is are we supposed to be enjoying seeing these guys get waxed like this? Yeah, it's one of those... I mean, the, I think the problem, maybe, and maybe this is because this maybe this is a fault of my own, but I don't really understand why we're here. Like, what do the Umbarans have? Yeah. Is it just the fact that the Separatists are... are I, I just don't... I know what you're saying, because it's not like Geonosis, where they were specifically going after that droid factory. They were invading Geonosis, but they were trying to take out that droid factory. Right. And it's not the same here, right? We don't know why they're there. They're just invading Umbara. Right. And we're just kind of along for the... And it's almost, in a way, it almost feels like we're a part of the platoon, or a part of the, the squad there. Yeah. Is we don't know why, we just, we're here, and this is what we got to deal with, and this is what we're, this is what we're up against. We don't really know why. We're not meant to understand why. I mean, think about it. You still have those the weird, almost Sarlacc-type things on the ground that if you if you trip over it, right, you're gonna wake it up. I think they called Vixus. A Vixus. Yeah. yeah the, I mean, there's so much to worry about on this planet, and now you've got you know crazy caterpillar things. Yeah. And then those big spider walkers, right? Yeah. Even bigger than the regular spider walkers. Yeah. I mean, this place is a nightmare. It's just a nightmare. This is, yeah, you're, you you were right. I am definitely not visiting this place. Well, man, there's a scene where we see those glowing banshee bad bird things scavenging the remains of dead clone troopers. I mean, the whole thing. And it's night all the time and the everything's glowing, kind of ominous colors. It's, it's a terrifying and oppressive environment, which is part of what makes Hardcase and Fives' mission at the end where it, you know this is where the fun begins basically when those two get sent off I mean on one hand I sort of was thinking hey Rex when it's time for a stealth infiltration mission I get why you're choosing Fives but why are you sending Hardcase the loudest <laughs> least stealth minded trooper in the galaxy who also has the biggest gun on a stealth mission and it's one of those things that makes not that much tactical sense but it's very forgivable just because hard case is what makes that mission so fun so you know i was i was fine with it i forgave rex pretty much immediately for making that decision and you know it worked out he made the right decision ultimately right yeah i just i i almost feel like they did that for the purpose of lightening the episode because it was so heavy yeah i mean that that first i would say two-thirds of the episode is so rough to get through and not because it's unenjoyable it's it's very enjoyable but it's just like man this is so heavy and it's almost like what what i like about it is you almost don't realize it's so good you almost don't realize how heavy it is until you know fives and and hard case are are laughing in those (laughs) Yeah. And, and just kind of, you whoa, whoa, ha, ha, you know, as they're flying those Embaran fighters. And you it's almost like you don't realize how heavy it is and how much you need that that almost lighthearted ending until they do that. And it's just it's such a, an amazing release, yeah. you know, at that at that point. It's it's really, really well done. Yeah, there's a lot of ways in which it doesn't really make sense. I mean, not just that. You know, you wouldn't send a hard case on a sure. stealth mission. I mean, he even says at one point, right? I prefer a good fight to all the sneaking around. It's right, a, right. It's a nice, uh, fun callback that it really fits hard case well. But, you know, if you look at that whole section of the story from a certain point of view, it doesn't really make sense. I mean, they, it's isn't it convenient that they can work these ships? All of these things that would often 
bug me and take me out of the story, I just ended up not having a problem with it just because the scene was so fun and because it was so welcome. You know, like you said, we needed that release at that point. And there's other fun quotes as well. Five says, how do I start this thing? And Hardcase says, how should I know? Just start pushing buttons. Yeah. And uh, of course, Hardcase with another good old callback at one point. Let's hope this trip was worth it. So they're just packing in the callbacks and packing in the fun and you just want hard case around you know that's that's what i'm finding is the more hard case the better even the fact that you know when we first started watching the show in some of our earlier episodes i remarked on how the clone troopers all had these nicknames and how it was very kind of top gun-esque so the fact that fives and hard case get to finally be fighter pilots in the episode that reminded me of that <laughs> but let's get to our favorite shots of the episode robbie what was your favorite shot of the general you go first so i don't steal yours because I know there's a few you can choose from. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's, again, th- this whole arc is full of amazing shots. So it's kind of hard to, to really pick one. But I think my favorite one was sort of the start of the episode where there's, it's almost like a crane shot of, you see, uh, I believe it's Krell, Rex, and Fives walking up a kind of a, a cliff. And the crane shot moves up and it kind of shows the air base in the background. I just thought that was a really cool shot because it was that glow that kind of is is revealed as the crane shot moves up, and I just really liked it. But uh, like I said, you can almost pick. <laughs> I mean, there's there's so many shots to pick from. But uh, but yeah, what, what was yours? I was going between three shots. There's one where as the troops are acting as bait for the caterpillar tanks, they all stand along a massive one of those strange pieces of umbaran vegetation, and we see Rex in the foreground with his thumb on the detonator trigger and the men in silhouette behind him kind of hamming it up to attract the attention yeah. of caterpillars and they're all lined up along that branch in the background and Rex is in the foreground, you know, and it's looking awesome and cool and he's got his thumb on the detonator trigger and there was another one where with the shot of the massive caterpillar tank looming over and shooting at Rex's retreating squad with all that red vegetation glow behind the tank and the cold blue glow of the tank's cockpit and Rex's men silhouetted in the white haze of the tank's headlights and those green laser bolts just pumping and pumping and pumping. It's a terrifying, a terrifying moment. But my shot of the episode, I got goosebumps when this happened. That's when Rex clenches his fist after Krell tells him that losing so many lives is just hmm. the price of victory. And I got goosebumps both out of love for Rex and fair for Krell because Krell is freaking terrifying but I just that simple shot that says so much without him saying a word right yeah Rex clenching his fist I love that moment so much yeah I was gonna say there's also uh, what I just thought it was a cool shot is when those caterpillars explode and, and Rex is sort of you know flying through the air <laughs> with the explosion behind him yeah. it's just a neat looking shot you know yeah they get so beat up sometimes man yeah, they do really well at this sort of stuff. And speaking of doing well at that sort of stuff, Robbie, hopefully we can do well at summing this episode up. So where does the general sit on that four-star Robbie scale? Well, for me, this one, I'm going to give it a three and a half out of four. And the reason that I'm not giving it any higher is we really don't learn anything character-wise. I mean, we know Rex is the man. We know Fives is the man. We know Hardcase is fun. You know what I mean? It's, it's, this is really a plot episode. But it's so well done that I have to give it, you know, a a pretty high score just for that. And let's not forget, I mean, D. Bradley Baker is working overtime in these episodes. Yeah, amazing. And it really is just, 
insane when you think about that he's doing the voice of every single clone and he's making each of them feel unique and it's just amazing amazing work yeah i got it as a nine just like the last episode robbie and it sort of worked its magic on me i mentioned that maybe there were these technical things that you know you could pull it up for that would bother me in a lot of other episodes like why would you send hard case it makes no sense rex that whole scene at the end that's so goofy it's such a tonal shift it shouldn't work it's one of those things that shouldn't work but the fact that it does just uh, you know and when I watched this episode I didn't know Walter Murch had directed it either but I'm just gonna have to put it down to you know Walter Murch working his magic so yeah I got this rated super high as well Robbie and that's mission accomplished for season 4 episode 8 the general so Robbie would you please let the troops out there know if they want to tell us how much they love the general how can they reach us? We are Bucho and Robbie at Gmail, Twitter, and Instagram. That's B-U-C-H-O-A-N-D-R-O-B-B-Y. Yes, sir. And of course, the troops can join us again next time for the 75th episode in the StarWars.com Clone Wars chronology. It's Season 4, Episode 9, Plan of Descent. So until then, this is your old buddy Bucho, alongside your trusty pal Robbie, and we are out. Remember, you can support sending the clothes for free simply by rating and reviewing the show on iTunes or any other podcast platform and Bucho and Robbie will read the review on a future feedback episode. And speaking of feedback episodes, you can also send either a text or an audio message of 60 seconds or less to BuchoandRobbie at gmail.com. May the force be with you.